Good afternoon. It's Tuesday, October 11th. This is Reading the Register with Pete. I'm Pete Myers. I finally missed a day, as I knew I would yesterday, uh, but I'm back. We're going to do a, we're going to double up today. I have a new concept uh, for content during the show that I think might uh, be interesting, and stay tuned for that. Was a little busy over the weekend. I became a backyard chicken owner, and uh, two of those little fuckers were uh, like the velociraptors in Jurassic Park that wanted to test weaknesses in the fence constantly. Out of uh, the 13, we lost one yesterday, which forced me to have an interaction with the city today, which was actually pleasant. So shout out Joe with Animal Control. Five different people, uh, including three children, uh, saw the hen, who I named uh, Ludmilla, loose in our neighborhood here. She was just taking laps around the block and hiding in bushes and eating grass. Uh, The kids saw her on their walk home from school. One neighbor ran over here in a panic, and uh, the neighbor behind us said that she saw our beloved hen in the front yard, but then later someone from the city came and picked it up. But when I called, they didn't have any uh, record of a hen. So I'm assuming there's type of some type of private animal catcher or whatever that might have swoop, swooped her up and our chances of getting her back are nil. So that sucks. R.I.P. Ludmilla. One of the children has already drawn a memorial uh, sketch of that hen, and that's beautiful and uh She's a good artist for a for an eighth grader, so we're gonna we're gonna frame that up here in the studio. Uh, but it's been entertaining. I've uh, really taken an appreciation to those animals, and they're relatively low maintenance. Kind of like outdoor dogs. We put together most of uh, the setup with just scrap that's laying around the house and clearing out the garage. So it's been uh, it's been satisfying. Anyways, this is a political show. It's not about me. Anti houseless propaganda is in full swing my friends, to the 12 people that listen to the show. Unbelievable uh, dual effort going on this weekend uh, with the media and uh, the police department and certain petty bourgeois in the city who have strangely decided to use their platform as a popular business owner to correlate lacking housing with violence and uh, advocating for final solutions. As I've said before, I'm going to actually read some of my old writing about this topic. Now, I, I am, I guarantee you that I am the only writer in Des Moines that's actually spent the night in CISS and reported on material conditions inside. And uh, I make that claim proudly as it was, uh, it was an experience that gave me a night and uh, insight that really, really boils my blood and makes me scoff at, at certain suggestions and uh, stereotypes that are forwarded by both the media and our and our local elected officials as far as what are the root causes of the problem. We'll analyze some of that. We'll dip into a little bit of bit more of uh, capitalism's contradictions out in the rural parts of our state. Not a lot of uh, juice coming out of the register again. They're rerunning a lot of uh, opinion from prominent reactionaries on Reynolds campaign ads. The county prosecutor's office is handling the 
prosecution of the East High School shooting in a manner that has been critiqued by Drake Law professional professors, rather. And bad news, folks. We've been harked. We've been hacked by the Russians. There's a story in the register about the Russians hacking the Des Moines International Airport website. And we'll do a deep dive there. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing this show live for a reason because I'm going to try a gimmick that's going to involve an old, uh, I guess, what do I even call it? I guess I'd call it an old gimmick of mine or an old uh, routine of uh, calling people that are in the news and showing how difficult it is to actually get to the bottom of what, like the factual side of, for example, the story at exile that KCCI is running with. Uh, but I, the gimmick I'm coming up with is I'm going to try to pose as like a supporter of KCCI and reactionary news and see how right. I mean, I, I'll, I'm going to try to bait certain uh, folks like the Tercy family, if I can get them on the phone or the PR lady from exile to see if I can bait him into saying some classes thing. And then we'll give uh, some city council members a call and, uh, and, uh, and see what we can get them to say. So it's a, it's a, uh, a gimmick that's motivated by certain uh, political pranksters that have been uh, making prominent news over the last few months. I won't mention by name. Uh, Who TV 13. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do some, some background in, in here, uh, there have been reports of a body uh, found in a lake, I believe, in West Des Moines and some other West Des Moines related crime. And we're going to talk about uh, the crimes of people that own houses and rent apartments because it's really getting out of control and uh, disproportionate. Yeah, we have another guy that owns a house in West Des Moines that was just arrested for uh, sex exploitation of a minor. So uh, we're going to go ahead and correlate ownership of property to crime, since uh, that's what uh, uh, the data shows, honestly. I said that already. I'm going to read some of my old writing uh, and try to uh, tie that to this bullshit with exile, receiving an extra platform. And lastly, we'll talk uh, about the CISS, the Central Iowa Shelter and Services, which is... uh, essentially a a corporate sponsored tax write-off program that is structured like a corporation that includes a board of directors and a CEO, which to me implies that there's a profit motive because a CEO, isn't that what a CEO does is they try to keep the majority shareholders happy by through various announcements and changes to the hierarchy of corporations. I'm not sure. Let's get into this. I hope this is good. Let's go. All right. City of Des Moines is being flooded with what I would call anti-houseless propaganda. Now, if you recall, I don't think, I didn't cover this. I wrote about this in the Defender, but there was a controversy about a city council meeting 
in September, I believe, when this woman named Amy Tercy stood up and used her minute of speaking time to announce herself as the owner, owner of Exile Brewing Company, which, which is funny. We'll get to that in a second. And uh, began basically a classes rant against uh, the visible site of poverty, which occurs outside of her son's business, in theory, because it's uh, located right next to the lone shelter in this, in this large region. It's the lone uh, mass shelter that has uh, limited barriers to entry that accepts uh, guests past certain hours and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's the most high access corporate tax write-off funded uh, shelter in Des Moines, obviously. And there's some spillover there where her employees and guests have encountered some uh, poverty and Amy visible poverty that is and aid decided to uh, again use her time at the meeting to call for like third reich style final solutions to this problem including uh cutting off their food and, and stop giving them health care because that's just uh perpetuating the problem and uh hurting their profits which uh is probably true unfortunately that's an extremely un, un inhumane uh take in uh, the suggestion that the best way to help people is by not feeding them and stop taking them to the hospital. Uh, the Terseys are using an extremely uh, transparent PR strategy here, which is laughable if you have adult uh, reasoning skills, where uh, when Amy was speaking, she positioned some of her comments as anecdotes of, you know, quote, something that she had heard on the streets. And since the, those comments or whatever, those secondary re remarks that she chose to repeat in public on a, in a, on a large forum have been critical, uh, her moron son and Amy, I'm sorry, because her, her I'm sorry, RJ has spoken out in defense of mommy by, by saying, and so have some of the advocates of, uh, of her public statements have said that Amy didn't actually say those words. Those were things that other people said. Which I mean, okay. Talk about a weak position. Uh, she, they, the liberals know, and I'll show you an example of this in the KCCI story. The liberals know that the, their anti-houseless comments are inhumane and sell it, shall I say, fascist. But uh, and that's why they uh, they are automatically on the defensive whenever they're speaking on this topic because they know they're saying nothing while positioning themselves as advocates for change. And if you take a look at what RJ said here on camera, uh, basically, he makes it sound like he's the good guy that's, that's uh, asking for a better and more permanent solution to uh, capitalism's underclass or the, the capitalism, the necessity of an underclass like this to, an ex to exist in our class-based system, which is capitalism. RJ sounds like the good guy where he says, we would like to get involved and address this because it's bigger than just us. You know, the, the, the typical uh, talking points, the status quo talking points. But this entire story is about RJ or his mommy last month framing the houseless community as criminal and then them finally nailing them with, a, uh, with charges because a man allegedly uh, committed assault 
on one of his employees that was digging uh, out the garbage. But don't worry, the employee wasn't hurt. The story in the tale miraculously coincides with the exact violent homeless criminal stereotype that his mom spoke about last month that he was so embarrassed about that he had to get out his word processor and write a uh, eighth grade statement that was poorly double spaced and tripled down on a lot of uh, real final solution, uh, final solution type uh, talking points as far as uh, is uh, what we should do with visible poverty on our streets. Now, this is also a issue that comes up every single year in the metro when the weather gets warm because panhandling becomes more prevalent and more people are comfortable uh, camping, obviously. Uh, so once the weather turns and it gets cold, the neocons and the liberal alliance against visible houselessness and poverty will again go away and we'll be talking about uh, the next person that freezes to death out there. Uh, we are a very caring and compassionate city, after all, with our, our, with our CEO of our homeless shelter. Let's read the story. This is a topic uh, that, that, I don't know, it chaps my ass, you know. I, just, I don't like that. Okay, so KCCI has found, and the police department, and the Tersey family has found the perfect scapegoat for all of their stereotypes. And here it is. A Des Moines man is locked up after pulling a knife on an Exile Brewing Company employee Friday night. This comes less than a month after Exile's ownership asked the city to do something about the homeless population living near their restaurant. A criminal complaint explains how Christopher, I'm sorry, I, I'm not going to name the, the problem with this article, I'm going to, I'll restart here, is that it completely suspends the idea that it's unbiased and that people are innocent until proven guilty to forward a narrative because the entire thing reports the, uh, or sources the police report is absolute fact and essentially convicts the guy before uh, he's even found public defender. So anyways, a criminal complaint explains how this gentleman pulled a knife on one of R.J. Tercy's employees as he was taking out the trash in the restaurant's back parking lot. The exile employee wasn't hurt, thank God, but Chrissy says he doesn't want to wait until someone is. This is happening over and over and over and over, and nothing seems to be getting done about it, Tercy said. It's not that, oh, hey, it's unsightly. I don't like seeing these tents down here. It's because it's a safety issue. Des Moines police say Williams listed residence is the Central Iowa Shelter and Services Building, about one block east of Exile. Uh, essentially, they confirming his housing status. Now, again, ask yourself, when we're reading about this uh, child molester in West Des Moines or whoever's responsible for dumping a body in that lake, will we hear about their housing status if they are a renter or, a, uh, or if they have a mortgage with a bank? We'll see. I'm going to start reporting crime stories like that, referencing people's housing status. Now, KCCI really gets into the propaganda, and I'll debunk this here. Uh, CISS is a low-barrier shelter, meaning they accept anyone without any precondition. So they will let people in, even if they don't have documentation. Or if they're not sober. Okay. So we've heard it from Gatto. We've heard from uh, people that comment on Facebook, on KCCI's uh, Facebook page that the reason why 
uh, visible poverty exists and that you, you see people that camp is that they have been offered these luxurious accommodations at CISS uh, that are comparable to a Ritz-Carlton hotel. But the problem is they won't follow the rules. I mean, if you, you will see it every single time for the last 25 years whenever uh, this discussion has come up in, on any type of media platform is the idea that uh, it's actually just the extreme outcasts and the rule breakers that, uh, that you're seeing not in the shelter because the shelter is so great. Like, why would not anyone, why would anyone not want to go in there? The rules that they're referencing, and again, I'm speaking as someone that spent a night in that motherfucker. The rules that, were, that they're referencing are identical to the rules if that person were to step outside the shelter on the sidewalk. They do not test you for alcohol. There's no breathalyzer or drug evaluation. Just like outside on the sidewalk, they won't let you walk around drinking openly from a bottle of Jack or bring... Uh, drugs or any type, whatever you want. You can't bring a fucking uh, dime bag in the shelter, okay? You, they, they discourage that. You can't drink or smoke in the shelter, and that's perfectly fine. It's highly unusual for anyone in there to not understand that. There is no check or sobriety check at the door. Uh, they're kind of correct that there's no ID check, but if you do decide to check in and to get access to the food or a chair or a bed in there, uh, they completely document you, including uh, photographing you, taking name, uh, you know, social last known residence. So if you've ever spent the night in there, you're in the system. You are a documented houseless person in America, right? You're part of those statistics. Uh, so they have documentation if you've ever stepped foot and get a bite to eat or spent the night in there. Um, the big elephant that they never bring up ever, and you'll never see this ever covered. And you know what? We're going to call. We're going to try to call a PR rep from the CISS and confirm what I'm saying here. Because uh, I'm, I get, what am I, ethical all of a sudden? I'm not ethical at all. Well, maybe we'll change that gimmick. That wouldn't be really cool. Okay. So. The CISS is a low barrier shelter, just like I said. However, it's not a permanent place of residence for people to stay. Okay, they cycle people out of there, and I don't remember or know the current time frame, but you can only stay there for a certain amount of consecutive days, and then you're out on your own. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you've failed their program or whatever improvement track they've set for you by any means, because it most often means they just haven't been able to find a uh, suitable residence or a landlord that would rent and take, uh, you know, even subsist, uh, uh, subsidies uh, that certain programs will help with, because there's not a lot of affordable housing in the city, not a lot of landlords want to deal with an unemployed guy that is just, or some recently employed guy that's fresh from the shelter is not exactly popular. Uh, with rentiers, okay, so it's difficult and it creates a backlog and then people are not found suitable housing by the time their time expires and then they have to go rotate back out of the street. So some of those folks that we saw uh, evicted on live television yesterday, 
possibly, I, I don't know, and neither do the people that think that they're addicted to, or addicted people that won't follow the rules. Some of those people possibly have just been rotated out of the shelter. Some of those people probably find the conditions in the shelter completely atrocious, and rightfully so. We'll get to more of that. Uh, again, this KCCI story uh, serves to attempt to rehabilitate uh, the claims of all the libs that uh, love to take a shit on uh, the most vulnerable people of our society. Like, aren't a lot of the houseless population veterans? Don't libs love their veterans and stuff? But as long as they have property, the veterans are cool. But don't find yourself uh, in trouble out there or the entire or nearly the entire uh, population of Des Moines would uh, love nothing more than to see you locked up and thrown away for good as a final solution. And it's kind of scary when you let uh, those two groups of uh, those, those two political factions start discussing uh, what they think should be done. Most of the time, just like the Tercys say said, but denied is uh, for stricter law enforcement or for the, for the police to go in there and crack some skulls. And that's exactly what Joe Gatto said at the city council meeting in September, where he encouraged the criminal, increased criminalization of panhandling uh, thinly disguised as a safety order and ordinance about standing on medians. Then remarkably yesterday, KCCI, again, is running a story about uh, the eviction of a houseless camp that was near the shelter. And I've lost this on my screen here. Let me find it. But uh, all of this stuff is uh, remarkably... Oh, what's the word? Remarkably coincidental how uh, these stories all are kind of coming out back to back. back. Um, the corporate media in this town, of course, depends on advertising, friendly dining pieces about, uh, you know, the lovely Tercy family and how great of an asset to the city they've been for, for years. Hey, God, I'm going to take a break for one second and pause this because I my equipment's malfunctioning. Mouse isn't working. I can... Here we go. No, I'm not. We're, we're with you here. Where is that fucking story? It was real gross. Here we go. Oh, my God. Okay, titled. City of Des Moines. Halls... Marcus McIntosh. Good job, Marcus. You're a true champion of the people. Here we go. This is coming the day after the uh, Tercy rehabilitation story where they finally got their proof that there's a correlation. Now, there is a correlation between poverty, desperation, and crime. I mean, criminologists have, have made that determination years ago. Um, hand-waving it and saying, Getting it, get it out of in front of my business and saying, I'm hoping there's some type of solution while using your platform to uh, promote the arrest and the pr imprisonment of these type of vulnerable people is not using your platform appropriately. Uh, the solution to homelessness is to give them homes. And it would be super cool if uh, some asshole that was given the keys to a restaurant by mommy and daddy and now positions himself as a community advocate would use that 
uh, position that he was born into uh, to champion for uh, greater causes beyond criminalization. And don't deny it that that's what he's saying, because I, I, I fucking guarantee you that that's what he thinks, because that's what he's getting positive PR out of now. Kind of gross. So here's our story. Also gross. Des Moines City crews drove in a garbage truck and front-end loaders to tear down makeshift tents and clear the sidewalk at a central Iowa shelter and services on Monday morning. The city said it took action after people who live and work in the area created an online petition and made a number of complaints, calling the area a health and safety hazard. I hadn't seen this petition. Oh, the cha- hey, they're utilizing changedoc.org for this great cause. Homeless drug use in downtown Des Moines. This, I didn't notice they linked the uh, petition. It's from someone allegedly named Amanda Thompson. That's remarkable. That's funny. You know what? Like the city won't take action when like thousands of people show up, city council folks, but the city absolutely will take action. Uh, someone uses their minimally used Facebook platform to get 55 signatures on an anti-houseless petition that uh, advocates for a final solution. That's exactly what they're saying. We need, a fi- we need to find a solution before someone gets hurt or worse. Killed by these addicts in our downtown. This is real, folks, apparently. The drug addicts are, uh, are on the attack. And none of them have property. Some people living and working in the area are happy with the result and feel safe. I feel safe coming back where I'm supposed to be. I feel like all my fellow people can feel like they are at home again, said a woman who requested to not be named. They gave her uh, anonymity on a, on a comment like that. That's remarkable. Um, you know, that type of comment, is it's generally journalistic. You know, people ask me why, why I don't give a fuck about the ethics of Western media is because of things like that. Um, you know, making a, a sweeping generalization like that on camera with your face and then pr- shown on the news and printed is uh, generally requires some type of attribution. But that's remarkable. They did go on to attempt to present uh, the side of the victims here. A homeless man we spoke with says he feels mistreated and abandoned. There are people out here. They're getting cold. It gets cold at night. They don't have nowhere to go, said uh, a guy named J.M., a Des Moines resident. That's hilarious that they uh, will make him go on record, but not uh, the person making the alternate claim. People living and working in the area said clearing the sidewalk is the first step. They say more action is needed. It's 100% about getting them the help that they need. I mean, we need more funding for mental health and for homelessness. It's not about relocating the problem or not seeing them. The woman said who just cheered on the relocation of a houseless encampment. So remarkable contradictions there. Of course, uh, the city said it is illegal to sleep outside on public property. And uh, unfortunately, two dozen people in Des Moines were were living uh, in that area. If you dare, this is unpopular, if you dare uh, question the humanity of such a decision, 
we will be told those dozen people just won't follow the rules and thus uh, deserve to be moved down the road where their problems are made worse. Remarkable. Uh, it's remarkable when their their TV crews from the local news on the scene as the city you know, brutally destroys the last remaining possessions of the most desperate people in the city. It's reminiscent of uh, certain policies that we saw in the mid-30s that became uh, became popular with both uh, the liberal. But like I always say, nothing unites Republicans and Democrats like mutual hatred for visible poverty. Can we move on? Should I make, uh, there's a story here. Let's go back to this idea that the, uh, they, the, um, if you go back and read what it was like, what, two years ago now? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, two years ago. So October of 2020, I was fortunate enough to pen a uh, long-form feature, kind of a narrative story about what it's like to uh, spend the night in the CISS, and it was anything but luxurious or accommodating. And go read it. I'm not going to read. This is a. This is kind of. A, I, I encourage everyone to go read this because, as I said, I, I'm arrogant here. Uh, but it's I'm right. I'm the only per writer in Des Moines or in Iowa that's ever been inside the Central Iowa Services and Shelter and reported it, reported on it uh, outside of the perspective of the CEO and uh, and the shelter. Uh, I wrote that October 2020 Des Moines Defender uh, Pete Myers inside the. C-I-S-S. -S. You can go check that out. It's on the uh, iowamutualaid.org slash Des Moines Defender. You can find it on there. Let's test this out here. And this is why I'm not live here. I might have to dub this out or misrepresent myself, and I wouldn't want to be unethical. Now, it's perfectly legal in Iowa to make a phone call. We're a one-party consent state. I could call all these public figures and have a conversation and record it because I'm contributing to it, and I definitely consent, and this might be funny. So let's confirm. Let's do some live reporting. Let's confirm what I reported or what I said earlier, that at Central Iowa Shelter and Services, there is a in and out period where you can't stay there for a set amount of days before you have to cycle out which would certainly contribute to certain people in the summertime either choosing not to live that precariously and maybe find something that they preferred better than that setup or uh, just generally following all the rules and maybe getting booted uh, and having to, to find somewhere else to go for 30 days, which isn't always easy when you, uh, you know, don't have money. I'm going to try this. This might be a disaster, but let's try this. Okay, we're calling uh, Central Iowa Shelter and Services. 
I my I think the best way for me to get information out of him would be just to uh, straight up ask him what's like the in out policy. How long can I stay? Here we go. Back in there. So they obviously do have barriers to entry. Or I just spooked that guy and he didn't want to answer questions. Who knows? I don't know how that sounded, but that's how I talk. Let's uh, follow up with the Tercies. Let's go there. Why not? Let's see if we can get them. I know they had a fucking PR. Let's see if I can pose as like a supportive something. A story about uh, what was titled by We Are Iowa, a knife attack and alternatively a knife altercation. And they charged the, uh, the guy, the man with, uh, with assault while displaying a, a deadly weapon. The restaurant claims the man wasn't injured. Thank God. So I don't know. Was that like a robbery or what, what the details were? Kind of scary, though. We don't like to see people robbed at knife point in alleyways. But what's actually going on? Let's see if these people are uh, assholes, too. But I, I thought I was cool with that dude, man. Wasn't I? Is there an attorney? We need, attorney. I'm allowed to do this, right? Okay, we're good. Internet is shitting out right now. I'm getting Avira warnings. Let me tell you what. I'm going to play that back because I want to keep that segment going, and I've got to look up a couple numbers I want to, I want to call. I'm going to do this 35 minutes, and I want to make sure that that uh, last call picked up and to make sure that, I mean, I feel like I was being totally cool and asking questions. It was kind of crazy that I also happened to be the, uh, one of the guys that was on the sidewalk Apologize to the actual workers out there that were impacted by that tragedy. There are good things you can do as far as uh, donating to actual uh, folks that help the houseless, mainly my anarchist friends in town who do fantastic work uh, feeding and delivering supplies. So check out uh, Des Moines Mutual Aid. I know they ha- uh, Des Moines BLM has a deal for uh, rent relief and... Uh, Some of the mutual aid groups around here collect uh, propane tanks that help heat the camps for these folks that are unfortunately cycled out of the shelter. Now, you heard it. I confirmed it, if that was recorded, that uh, it is not a long-term housing solution and you're cycled out 90 days out, 90 days in. So some folks may purposely stage that where the three months that they're camping are when it's tolerable uh, when there's a little bit of heat out there. Signing off for now. I'm going to see if I can come back with a double episode. There's three more stories I want to talk about uh, where um, the natural uh, tendencies of capitalism and uh, funneling wealth upward into fewer, fewer in hands is taking root with Dollar General in rural Iowa. Our friends at Iowa Starting Line reported on that. 
Uh, we'll check into this uh, scary tale in West Des Moines of uh, people with houses dumping bodies in lakes, which you don't like to see, and uh, hopefully make some phone calls. We will catch you on uh, the flip side. All the chickens looked contained. If you're picturing a guy in Iowa recording a podcast on a wireless mic while running around a, a chicken coop, making sure his birds are lined up, uh, go ahead and laugh because that's actually what's happening.